Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Green Bay Packers. This is the Packers Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Packers Wire editor, Zach Cruz. Well, Zach, it's just about clinching time for the Packers, right? They're 9-3. and three. They might finally have put the final nail in that Carson Wentz era in Philly. They kept pace with the uh, impressive Saints, who I want to talk about in a little bit. But I do have a nitpick of the week. I think I have to do that with the Packers going forward, just to keep them honest, Zach, because they're so freaking good. Uh, but I think, uh, on the face of it, another feel-good week for the Packers and Packer Nation, right? What, what do you think about it? Yeah, I think they just did what they needed to do. You know, they pressured Carson Wentz right out of that game. <laughs> I thought the the Packers offensive line held up really well. Rodgers and Devontae dominated again. And, you know, this is a 23-3 to game into the fourth quarter. The, you know, the Eagles did claw back a little bit, but you know, Packers were clearly the better team, as everyone predicted. And, you know, this is really what they need to do down the stretch here. Just kind of, you know, take care of business against some of these teams they're expected to beat. Yeah, you mentioned Devontae and, and Rodgers. We'll get to both of these guys. Devontae, for one... I'm so bummed, Zach, that he missed two games because I want to see what his yeah. number. Like we talk about statistics, right? We've been we've been talking about fun stats with the Packers all year long. Devontae's putting up huge numbers, and I want to know what he would have if he. I know we could project it out, but man, I want those two games back because he's having yep. a hell of a year. You wrote about why he should be right on that short list for offensive player of the year. I don't want it to go to a quarterback, Zach. It always that they always I win am. the MVP. So as you wrote, we saw Michael Thomas win it last year. Why not Devontae Adams? And I think, man, if he had those two games under his belt that he missed, he'd be putting up Michael Thomas esque numbers yeah. from last year, right? Like what do you think about like yeah. make his case for me. Yeah, I, I remember you asking me right before the season if, you know, Devontae could put up Michael Thomas numbers. And I was a little bit leery about it. But you know, if he had those two games, he'd be right there with, you know, Thomas's last year. It, it is hard for receivers to win this reward. Michael Thomas actually won it last year, but you know, it's not going to be surprising if Rodgers or Mahomes ends up winning it, especially, you know, they, I can see them giving it to whoever loses the MVP award, you know, yeah, just giving too. them the offensive player of the year. Me too. But but you know, I think Devontae has a case here. He's, you know, he's got touchdowns in seven straight games, leads the NFL in catches per game, leads the NFL in receiving yards per game. You know, he's the top rated wide receiver at Pro Football Focus, on pace for 18 touchdowns, and, you know, that's only been done by a couple couple guys in history. So, yeah, like you said, his volume numbers are going to be hurt a little bit by the fact he missed those two and a half games. But, you know, this is still a historically productive receiver on the number one scoring offense in football. So I think he deserves a lot of consideration. Would you call him like hands down the best red zone receiver in the game right now? I think it's really tough. I think Mike Evans might have a sniff because yeah. he's really good in the red zone, too. But Devontae is unbelievable when you get close yeah. to the goal line. Yeah, he's got 10 red zone touchdowns, and Rodgers leads the NFL in red zone touchdowns. There it is. I'm kind of glad you asked that because I could throw out that little stab. There but, it is. You always have yeah, it. Yeah, just, just last week. I mean, fourth and one at the one-yard line, and, you know, Rodgers throws one up to him in the corner, and then, you know, later in the game, they're they're nine yards out, and he pretty much runs through Darius Slay's face to get into the end zone. So, yeah, he... <laughs> He can pretty much do it all in the red zone area. Okay, so I talked about nitpicking something. I can't nitpick with Aaron <laughs> Rodgers because he was awesome again in this ball game. 
25 of 34, about 300 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. He hits number 400 on the career milestone list, fittingly to Devontae, right? And I like what you wrote. You wrote about how we talked about last week, actually, on the podcast. It's going to be Rodgers and Mahomes, two-man race for the MVP. I think that's really what it is. And maybe Rodgers pulled ahead of him a little bit, Zach. And you look at the uh, schedule, you like Rodgers' chances to hold on to it. I think that's a really good point. The Chiefs do have some tough matchups coming up. The Packers, not so much. So Rodgers might have the inside track to this thing. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, you know, I'm sure State Farm is loving this little MVP (laughs) race. There it is. But honestly, I would not want to be an MVP voter this year because, you know, there's going to be a quarterback with 40 or more touchdown passes on a probably 13, 14-win team that isn't going to win the award. That just seems crazy. It actually happened in 2011 when Rodgers won his first one. I think he had 45 touchdowns and Breeze had 46, and Rodgers still won it. So. Like you said, I think the, the schedules are going to play a huge factor. You know, you look ahead, a lot of eyes are going to be on Rodgers down the stretch. You know, they're playing the featured, they are playing the Lions, but they are, it is the featured late afternoon game this week. Then they have primetime games against Panthers and Titans, and then they finish in Chicago. So, you know, there's potential there for Rodgers to play really, really, really well down the stretch with a lot of people watching and, you know, kind of take over this race if he hasn't already. So, you know, I, I think I'd still say Mahomes is maybe the slight favorite for me entering this four-game stretch, but, you know, Rodgers is right there and you look at his numbers and they're they're looking a lot more like 2011 year when he won it so going forward even ryan I, i'm not sure everyone would love it but how great would a packers chief super bowl be this year that'd be, that could I'm, be a, I'm all in uh, let's do that yeah that could be one of the great all-time quarterback you know matchups in super bowl if that somehow happens we got to get it we got to i mean Mahomes yeah. will be around for a while but we need we got to get rogers there i know Th- the this, Saints... this could be yeah this could be one of rogers last good chance right that right and so. i feel the same way for drew Brees. right it feels like his swan yep. song and the saints are playing so well right now so part of you feels like all right if the saints get there you'll feel kind of good for Brees to get one more crack but Rodgers too he's one man it's a crime that he only has one Super Bowl I mean he really needs that thing when you're a diehard fan of a team and I was there you know believe me I was spoiled with Brady as growing up as a Patriots (laughs) fan but you want your guy to get multiple titles and you want to you want to you want him to get get up that chain and you want to start talking crap about your quarterback and his legacy and all that that's the only thing missing from Rodgers' legacy right a couple more rings he beats Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl. That, that'd be something. That'll that'll be something for your legacy. Yeah, that would be something. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, I wanted to get a quick your quick take on the defense. They played pretty well. I mean, I, how how much credit can we give you for uh, for stopping the freaking Eagles? They've right. been so anemic. But it was cool to see the young guys on defense, like Kingsley Kiki, Rashawn Gary. We've talked about him a little bit. Darnell Savage, right? Guys in the secondary, actually all three yeah. levels: line, linebacker, secondary, stepping up. Young guys that'll probably be around with the team in future years that's a good sign yeah it's been a big development for the defense all year really i mean you know gary was a 12th pick last year he didn't do a whole lot but he's you know he's starting to break out i'd say he's you know he's probably been their their second best rusher behind zadarius smith i think that's that's been huge because preston smith hasn't had all that great of a year and you know like you said darnell savage he's really starting to come on he has three picks in the last two games i think you know he's made some really athletic plays over the last month even not even more than just the picks and then you know kiki like you said he's stepping up as an inside rusher which has been really important because the Packers you know, they haven't really gotten a dominant season out of Kenny Clark this year so that 2009 draft class is starting to look really good and yeah they're getting they're getting contributions from a lot of young players they're getting you know linebacker Kamal Martin is making plays those young corners are making plays so yeah maybe maybe this defense I don't I don't know if they're going to be necessarily good at any point this year but you know maybe that some of those young players are really stepping into roles and you know kind of finding their way here as the season continues on all right that's enough positivity for the packers we got to get to the nitpick of the day we'll do it on the other side we'll be right back 
fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit up, start up. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends on a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. I'm Corey Benini at TheHuddle.com, welcoming you to week 14 of the fantasy football season. If you're still listening, that means you're likely in the playoffs. Let's talk strong plays to help get you into week 15 action. This one isn't for the faint of heart. Jaguars quarterback Mike Glennon faces the Tennessee Titans. Only four teams have been easier to exploit, and six different quarterbacks have gone for at least 23 fantasy points versus Tennessee, including nearly 31 points from Gardner Minshew back in week two. But if you've squeaked into the playoffs and are truly desperate, Glennon is a Hail Mary option. New York Jets running back Ty Johnson at the Seattle Seahawks. This is one you'll have to watch from an injury perspective because Frank Gore left last week with a concussion. It's hard to see the Jets turning away from Johnson after the spark he gave this offense last week. While Seattle's defense has been easily exploited through the air this season, the ground game is catching up. Last week, we saw New York Giants running backs Wayne Gallman and Alfred Morris demonstrate this with some smash-mouth football of their own. Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver Hunter Renfro versus the Indianapolis Colts. On paper, the matchup isn't appealing, but we saw last week Houston's Kiki Kuti went for 141 yards on eight receptions, and the Colts have been pleased to give up underneath work to wide receivers if it means they don't let guys like Nelson Aguilar or Henry Ruggs uncork a long one over the top. As we've seen throughout 2020, Renfro isn't involved very much unless the team is playing from behind. In that case, volume is what gives them a chance to matter against Indianapolis. Another recommendation that's worth trying but requires gamers to pay attention to the injury report, Anthony Ferkser of the Tennessee Titans. Starting tight end John Smith has a knee injury and missed week 13. It's unclear if he'll play at this time in week 14, and if not, Ferkser belongs in lineups. He landed 5 of 7 looks last week for 51 yards, and that line would have been better if back up tight end McCall Pruitt didn't steal a touchdown from him. Everybody loves that on the verge of the fantasy football playoffs. Jacksonville has given up nine touchdowns in 12 games to the position, and more impressively, that has come at a clip of one every five catches. For that alone, Ferkser is a gamble in all leagues if you're looking for a tight end. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, Zach, like I said, this is probably going to be one of my favorite segments. Just find something to criticize the <laughs> Packers about because they're, they've are they been just playing such good football and, and even the defense is stepping up, as we were saying in the last segment. Yeah. However, maybe the special teams will be my nitpick every week. I got to nitpick the, uh, the punt coverage, especially after Matt LaFleur was talking about it in his presser this week. First of all, I got to ask you about the, the punter. This bozo, J.K. Scott, right? So what is he doing? He's kicking the ball. First of all, he's kicking it right down the middle of the field. LaFleur doesn't seem to like that. And when this guy gets a chance in the open field, Zach, to make a tackle, oh, my God, is he – he is a nightmare. And, you know, I like my kickers and my punters to have a little little something, right? I I like them to at least, like, get in the way of the runner and, like, at least try to make a play. And I love LaFleur's comment. He actually said – I think it was on Monday. He was like, hey – 
take a shot, man. Like you know that yeah. like a direct quote from the floor. You got to at least try to tackle the guy. What do you think about yeah. that? I mean, they let up another long punt return, right, Zach? That really got the Eagles back in the game. That should have not been as close as it was before Jones busted that big run at the end. I mean, the special teams let him down once more, and I'm worried. I'm worried about this unit, and uh, maybe they, it comes back to bite him in the playoffs. You know? Yeah, I, I think you got to be concerned about it. There's only been four punt return touchdowns in the NFL season, and the Packers have allowed two of them. So yeah, these you know these big special teams. Play you know they can really hurt teams they can easily turn a playoff game you know when there's two evenly matched teams so i mean obviously you don't want your punter in a situation like that ever he's in that situation too much yeah yeah i mean kamal martin and raven green missed tackles that put him in that position so you gotta probably give them most of the blame but man you gotta if you're there you gotta do something you have to force them back to your coverage dive at the legs do something i mean you know maybe aaron Rodgers can bring his buddy uh pat mcafee in and you know keep, teach jk how to make a tackle here so a punt return doesn't kill the packer season well it's, just, it's like he's on ice skates like what are you like what are you doing dude it's like yeah he is yeah, uh, he, it. it's wild watching him try to make a tackle i mean i mean you, you got no chance tackling one of these guys when you're backpedaling and almost falling over your feet so yeah just just yeah just make an effort make right. an effort at a tackle yeah but now they've let up a, a 90 plus yard punt return this one was over 70 yards that yep. really came at a tough time and jalen hurts came in gave them a little spark for the eagles and then the punt return and all of a sudden it's like a one score game it's like what yeah you start like you're kind of falling asleep nodding off watching the game and then all now you're awake oh we got a we got a ball game all of a sudden the green bay is in, in trouble yeah. so that was wild yeah, I, and you just I, can't yeah, I, was, I was yeah i was doing a little uh i was doing a little pre-writing once it got to 23 <laughs> three and i had writing to your articles some, <laughs> yeah i had to start deleting some stuff because it was getting a little dicey there that's a jinx Every, anytime you write a headline yep. or start typing your lead you know you're gonna have to change that that's yep. that's an old yep, that's, that's an old writer trick that's i mean <laughs> but one thing that is concerning about this crew is that LaFleur, he wasn't only giving crap to J.K. Scott, right? He's saying like, hey, the gunner was out of position. He didn't take the right yeah. angle or he didn't have the right leverage. You mentioned the missed tackles. So it's not just one guy's fault. Like, yeah, you got to place the football better. Maybe the punter can work on maybe punting it towards the sideline. J.K. Scott, you know, like do that thing. But it's a little alarming to hear the head coach like pointing out all these areas that are concerning when we're in week yeah. 14 and getting ready for a big playoff run, like one thing that I've always kind of latched onto watching football over the years, it's like, you know, a team's well coached when they got good special teams. Right. And I do believe in Matt LaFleur. I think he's a really good coach. I think he's on the short list. I think he's up there. I think he's really proving yeah. himself, but the special teams things, they got to figure that thing out. They do. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, you know, right after the game, I was kind of surprised because somebody asked him a question about that palm return and he essentially put, I mean, he didn't put all the blame on JK, but he essentially said he can't be punting the ball right down the middle of the field. It was my favorite part of the, yeah, it was my favorite part of the uh, the presser. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, you just can't do that to a guy like Rager and, you know, give him both ways to go with that kind of speed. I mean, you know, he's obviously an offensive coach, so I don't know how much LeFleur is tinkering with the special teams, but, you know, there's, you know, they've had some problems. Mason Crosby's made most of his kicks, but he's missed a couple extra points. They've botched an onside recovery. They've had a block punt. You know, they're giving up all these yards on part returns. They've gotten almost next next to nothing on, on their own return. So, right. you know, the offense is playing great. The defense is coming around. But special teams is a big concern here as the playoffs near. Now, LaFleur is a stud on offense, but it might be time to tinker. He, they might need him yeah. to, uh, to step in a little bit. And you see that sometimes. Like the head coach, sometimes he's got he's to take a little bit of a, a, a yeah. larger role in other spots. And the special teams, they need to tighten that thing up. They just do. And speaking, sure. of, speaking of special teams, Tavon Austin, we talked about him last week, inactive for this game. Not surprising at all. We could see him this week, though, Zach. You wrote about it. The Tyler, uh, the Tyler Irvin injury might kind of help expedite that process. But maybe we see yeah. some Tavon Austin on special teams. 
and even on offense. Yeah, that 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 signing is sure looking like a prudent one now. I mean, yeah. um, I, I think we're definitely going to see him get some playing time here in Detroit. You know, probably as a returner. You know, that's a role a role he's he's done in, in his career. He should be able to do that pretty easily, even without a bunch of practice time. And then, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's doing some of that jet sweep motion stuff that Tyler Irvin has done for the offense. He's got a bunch of experience doing that too, actually, with uh, even with Matt Lafleur in Los Angeles in 2017. So I think he definitely has the speed to be a threat there that they like. And you know, I'm just kind of interested to see how Lafleur uses him and down the stretch because you know it sounds like Irvin isn't going to be back until maybe the playoffs at the earliest. So like I just said, the Packers could use a spark in the, the return game. And I think the offense actually sets up pretty well for him getting, you know, getting the ball in space and doing some of these gadgety things. So yeah, I think this is a good role for Tavon and you know, he's, he's definitely got the opportunities now. All right, let's reset the NFC playoff picture where the Packers are at entering this matchup with the lions. We'll do that coming up next. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 14 Sunday night football game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and Buffalo Bills. The Bills return home as two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Steelers, who come off their first loss of the season, losing 23-17 to the Washington football team Monday night. Jeff, do the Steelers get back on track, or are the Bills now contenders to win the AFC? Nope. I like the Bills here to win by more than a field goal. Head coach Sean McDermott is a defensive guru, and the Steelers have become a one-dimensional offense over the past couple weeks. Also, they looked kind of weak against Alex Smith in that Washington passing attack, which is not nearly as explosive as Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Again, I like the Bills minus two and a half here. I'm going to get back on the Steelers. This is a get-right game for them. James Conner expected back from the COVID list. That's huge. That makes them two-dimensional once again, gives them that rushing attack they've sorely missed. And there's just way too many weapons in that passing game. Give me the Steelers plus 2.5. They may even win this one outright. Back the Steelers to win on the road in Buffalo. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. So as I said uh, earlier, Zach, the Packers keeping pace with the Saints is important because this thing is coming down to the wire. This two-team race for the number one seed the Saints feel like they're further ahead than they really are. They're 10-2. and two. I got to give them props, right? You bring in your backup quarterback, you don't miss a beat. That's pretty impressive. It really is. And I think we're going to see Drew Brees soon. Doesn't sound like it's going to be this week, but I think we're going to see Drew Brees come back. And that's a neat trick the Saints are pulling off, like getting Taysom Hill yeah. snaps, winning ball games in the process, grooming him for probably next year, and then you get to bring in Drew Brees for your, uh, your championship run. So pretty impressive. There's no doubt about it. But 
the Saints cannot finish tied with the Packers, right, because of the head-to-head. Right. So this is a really interesting thing coming into the final stretch run here. What do you think about that? Like, like reset the race for me there. What do you think about the Saints just watching them and Taysom Hill? And, man, it just says so much to think, I think about their program that they just haven't skipped a beat. Yeah, Sean Payton definitely has that thing figured out. You know, he, he just knows how to use his guys on offense He's so good. well. And he is good. Kind of the, the underrated part of this, this Saints revival kind of is that their defense has played really, really well throughout this stretch, even when Drew Brees was still still in there. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't look like to me that 12-4 and four is going to be enough for the Packers probably to, to match the Saints. I yeah. think, you know, Packers probably need to win these last four, to be honest. And I, I think they can do it. But, you know, uh, the more I watch the Saints, the more I watch, uh, you know, how they can get it done in a, a bunch of different ways. I'd, you know, I'd probably say the number two seed is looking most likely for the Packers. And then, you know, if you get that two seed, who knows is going to be that number seven seed. Right now it would be the Vikings, I believe. But, you know, Buccaneers, Cardinals, all those teams could present their own challenges for the Packers, even at Lambeau Field. So. Yeah, no doubt. It is It is interesting. The Vikings kind of jumping in now. They're they're now in the playoffs if it started today, Zach, and that would be quite right. a, that'd be quite an interesting matchup if the Packers draw a division rival on the first weekend of the playoffs. That'd be a little that'd be a little tough. That would not be an easy one, yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah, I I don't think Packers fans would necessarily like that based on no, no, you know, how, how those two how those two teams played last uh, last time out at Lambeau Field and you know Dalvin Cook is a, a tough running back but you know that was such a a weird game it was super windy super cold you know the Packers just had no life. I can think of a worse team to play than, you know, probably a nine and seven Vikings team in that yeah. first round. But if you, if that's you wa- just me. If you wa- first of all, if you picked them in your survivor pool like an idiot and then wa- had to watch them <laughs> against Jacksonville and then just oh, yeah. uh, sitting there with a napkin in your mouth, like think, freaking out. Yeah, no, that wasn't that wasn't fun <laughs> right. at all. No, that was that the Vikings are not a real football team. Let's be honest. <laughs> they they should have lost to Jacksonville. They really almost did. I think they, they yeah, they definitely should have. lost. Oh, yeah. Game. They threw a pick six. They had a fumble on the one yard line. Like they did all kinds of crap. They jerked around in that game and the Jags almost got him so but hey they won and they're in the playoffs if it started today and but what I'm looking forward to I think on Sunday it'll be kind of fun the Saints are playing the Eagles and the Packers are playing the Lions at the same time they're both in that same yep. late afternoon window which is I think a, a bummer on one side but on the other if you got like the red zone channel maybe you can watch both games at the same time yeah. it'll be kind of fun to see how that plays out I like the Saints and the Packers this week. I mean, the Packers hung 42 on the Lions earlier this year, Zach. There's all kinds of stuff going on. They just fired Matt Patricia and the GM. They won last week, but they played the Bears, right? I mean, the Bears are just, <laughs> what, can, what can we say about Chicago at this point? But what do you think? Like, do the Lions give you any pause for concern here, or do you think the Packers roll? Yeah, I think the Packers probably roll, but Ford Field has been a tough place for them, you know, since Matt Stafford took over at quarterback. I was looking back at some of the games. I think Packers haven't won a game there by more than a touchdown since 2011. So the Lions have definitely given some trouble to this team. And even last year, the Packers trailed that whole game in that week 17. It was a very important week 17 game for them. And the Packers didn't take the lead until they kicked the game winning field goal. So I, I do have a little bit of pause. It still feels like a game where the Packers should win big. It's indoors control conditions you know this offense is really firing up you know they're facing a really bad defense i think the lines are 31st in scoring defense something crazy like that not good mitch, mitch trubisky oh. just put 30 on i was so just gonna say they that, made that mitch trubisky look enough. great yeah. 
Yeah, I think Stafford's probably going to probably going to play well. The Lions are probably going to score some points, but you know the Packers should should win this by double digits. I would think the Packers will be in the 30s. I think no doubt about it. No doubt about it. But that's yeah. interesting. You always drop these stats, and again, Zach, there you go. So the Packers haven't won over the Lions on the road in Detroit I'm, by over seven, right? And the spread right. since 2011, you said, and the spread yep. is seven and a half. <laughs> so yeah, it's, so. it's funny how that works out. So what side are you on? You know, that's a tough one. You know what? When I when I do my prediction, I'm probably going to pick him to cover that seven and a half, just because I think the offense is playing so well, and I love that matchup against the defense. But weird weird stuff happens in Ford Field. I'm telling you, they played them really really tough last year. The Packers definitely should have lost that game there last year. So you know, I guess nothing would surprise me in a, a divisional game no. like this on the road. It can't. Not in the NFL, right? You just no. can't. You just. I mean, even outside, it's anything like the Washington football team beating uh, the Steelers. Like exactly. Like what are we talking about here? So in the fourth quarter, Zach, when you're typing up your game story when the game is in, in hand, right? <laughs> How interested are you going to be in that Philly Saints game, Jalen Hurts, Taysom Hill? For me, I, I'm kind of interested in that little thing. I think that's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts had some some really nice moments, actually. Yeah, he looks <laughs> on good. On Sunday against the Packers. You know, he threw that long touchdown, fourth down, had some some scrambles. So, you know, uh, he, he can't be worse than Carson Wentz. That was, that first half watching Carson Wentz was as painful as I thought it was going to be. That That's was tough. Yeah. That was really bad. And, you know, Jalen Hurts gave him a little spark. So, Saints got to go play on the road. Maybe, you know, playing in Philly is tough for them. And Hurts kind of sparks that offense. And, you know, maybe they, the, the Packers really need that upset. They're going to need an upset it here at some point for the Saints. So, you know, maybe this is the one. Yeah, I know. I, re- I read about Rodgers going up to Wentz and kind of talking to him, giving him a little pep talk after the game. And yeah. it's like, I wonder what he said. It's like, dude, unhitch the giant tractor you've been pulling around. Like, why can't you, <laughs> why can't Wentz move all of a sudden in the pocket? It's so weird. He's like oh, stuck I, in I, quicksand or something. Yeah, and he, he ran himself into probably three or four of those yeah. sacks on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you, you could just tell he was, yeah, he was feeling that pressure immediately. Eyes were dropping and he was looking to escape. So when that happens as a quarterback, it's pretty much over. Well, that's the other side of it, Zach. That's that's what a lot of fans in the NFL <laughs> the, are dealing with. This how the year. other half lives. Yeah, yeah, not not Packers fans, not Packers nope. fans. So we'll see if I can find something to nitpick next week. I'll, we'll see how the special teams plays. I'll, I'll be watching. I'll be watching the special teams this week because man, I don't think I'll find much to nitpick on offense. Maybe they'll run it on second and ten. I'll I'll have to pay attention Maybe. on that too. Uh, Maybe. But anyway. we'll, we'll, we'll find something. We'll find something. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. But anyway, hey, enjoy some football this week. All right. Yeah, you too, Ryan. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.